0: Yo, 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 welcome back. My name is Jason and I am your hostess of Between the Photos, a podcast that really looks at the work that we do in Between the Photo highlights on our Instagram and other social media. I've taken quite a bit of time off between my last recording and this recording to do some very deep inner work. And much of that work had to do with the obstacles and hurdles that I carry within from limiting beliefs that would hinder me from moving forward in some very key areas. Much of the perception work that I had done earlier in the year, for those of you who are familiar and have listened to the episodes, uh, the series called Perceptions, this spring I was anchored in the Midwest where I grew up in my hometown where all of my perceptions were formed when COVID first hit in the U.S. And it was the first, the beginning of the first shelter in place. So I really stayed anchored for a while because as many of you know, I travel around the world at different times, different places. And I had an intention to head to Italy for the summer, but obviously things shifted, right? And in that moment, I had this beautiful opportunity to be anchored in my hometown and to revisit and look at all of my beliefs that were formed from my childhood and to really actually physically walk the streets not just imagine them or think about them or, or do that do the work on them from a place of witnessing as I could anywhere It was a much different experience. It was me physically walking the streets of the town that I grew up in and unlocking memories that I would have never been able to pull up on my own from somewhere else. So it was a really powerful experience. And the way that I look at it is actually uh, a recent teaching that I got from the beautiful uh, manifestation babe, Catherine. She was actually teaching us uh on a three-day workshop recently and her message was around understanding how thoughts are created and the metaphor she used was the garden a garden metaphor and she said that we weren't always in charge of our garden we had our parents and caregivers and teachers and everybody taking care of our garden while we were little kids and they were the ones sowing the seeds planting the seeds and they did the best with what they had and they did what they thought would be best for us But those seeds aren't necessarily ours. So during this beautiful workshop, I had this huge awareness come through. And I knew, I already knew because I started the perception work long ago, that my garden had a lot of weeds in it. And although those weeds were flowering weeds and beautiful to look at, uh, they weren't my choice. And they weren't my, my ideal flower for my garden. So I had to go back and do some pretty, pretty deep work to start clearing out what I had planted in my my mind um, and what seeds were being sown and nurtured within my own being. And a lot of that had to do with fear of being seen, fear of using my voice, which is so ironic, part of the part of the therapy, I will say, In creating a podcast was to get comfortable with speaking was to get comfortable with sharing what I had to say without having a ton of backlash because social media as you all know can be a place that will either build you up or tear you down real quick Uh, it's an open forum (laughs) and people can really be quite harsh so I was afraid to step into my voice on a a platform such as social media because I feared judgment. I feared that people would would think I wasn't smart and they would see me as woo-woo and bullshit. And I didn't like that. That was a real, it was touching on core wounds from from my childhood. So I had to come into this place of courage, right? So when I was really evaluating what seeds were in my garden recently, the fear of being seen, the fear of being known, Although desired in my heart, was one of the biggest hurdles I had to overcome, to step into my my true and honest self. Not just with myself, being honest with me. There's a piece of that too, because there it's a really, you know, it's a really easy play to give me a story that I want to hear, uh, give, give myself a story that supports my fear. You know, my ego really does a good job of that. But this is like being really completely transparent, fully honest, and showing up completely the first time versus conforming to what I think the audience and or people in front of me would like so that I would be received and accepted. I did a podcast on that a while ago. Many of you have probably heard it. Um, It was all about conforming to fit in as a way of being received, loved, loved, and validated. I would show up, I would evaluate what people needed, and this is a complete response from childhood trauma, and I'm not blaming myself at all for being upset with myself about it. I'm just recognizing it for what it is, right? It is a trauma response from my childhood to make sure and ensure that I am safe within an environment. And in order for me to be safe in an environment, I had to adapt to what people needed. In order to be received and okay and approved of and cared for. So because of that I took I pulled that childhood trauma response into my adult life and navigated all of my adult life becoming a people pleaser, becoming the one who would be extra flexible, becoming the one who would take on more than I should. But because it was for the good of the great or for the all, it was for the good of the group, let's do it. I'm a team player see me see me it was not serving me in the least bit and quite frankly I've been studying up on uh, productivity habits productivity patterns specifically in women and that is one of the most detrimental habits that many women carry is taking on more than we should agreeing not talking about the things that we've accomplished and really like pushing it out to say that everyone's done it and we all, we're all part of it. There are many, many, many things. So my study over the last month has really been focused on getting clear on where my blockages are and then getting crystal clear on how to release them. And I actually did a couple quantum energy uh, healing sessions with my friend Aaron to move some of these bigger fears. And one of them was Fear of having a voice because I I was rejected as a child for having a voice. I was rejected, you know, by my caretaker. Full on, not accepted, absolutely denied, and rejected 110%. (laughs) If there could be a 110%, it would be 110%. So that really made me fearful to step into my purpose. It made me fearful to be seen. It made me fearful to speak on these subject matters. But if some of you are familiar with who I am, but for those who aren't, all my life growing up was an incredible journey of entrepreneurial experiences and creating from the unknown and making things up and coming up like looking at white space and saying, how can I, how can I do something there? Seeing a problem and solving it. I've been a problem solver all my life and I've been an adaptive, creative child all my life. And that came with me into my adulthood and I'm still doing it. I'm creating ways to live. I'm creating ways to create, uh, design, be creative. I'm creating ways to be more um, expressive. I'm doing I, I, this. This mindset, this mind of mine, this creative mind, has always been with me, and because of that, I had to unlock the voice aspect in order to get to the full picture of releasing the creative. In order for me to share. These gifts that I've received, these blessings that I've been given, these experiences that I've had, in order for me to really unlock them, I have to speak them. I have to share them. Whether it's through writing, whether it's through voice transfer, video, imagery, whatever it is, my job is to share it. That is it. My sole mission in this life is to help people unshackle themselves from the binds that hold them back. I can't do that if I don't share it. So I had to get really, really clear on what was blocking me from stepping into that. And part of that was the fear of being seen, the fear of being rejected, the fear of being judged, the fear of speaking up because I had been shamed for speaking. I was told to be quiet. I was told my needs didn't matter, all the things. So I had to go back in. I'm not identifying with them. What I'm doing is acknowledging them so that I can go back, clear them, and be done with them. One of the most amazing gifts that I received while I was anchored in my hometown this spring was the gift of of being with my dad. He had he winters in the south and comes back to the north when it's summertime and then goes back to the south in the wintertime like a traditional snowbird, retired snowbird. Well, this year, I happened to stay in the Midwest way longer than I anticipated, and he happened to come back to the Midwest earlier than he had anticipated. So luckily for us, we got an opportunity to spend, I think it was like a week or 10 days together before I left to move on. And in that experience, I had the opportunity to witness full hand what it was to be denied as a person and it wasn't you know I'm I'm careful with my words here because I love my dad dearly he is I love him so much so this is not a knock on my dad this is just a an observation and a witnessing to what can happen when um you know you work with what you have and when I was there I, wanna, I also want to bring something else to light on this podcast. I was anchored in the Midwest, just south of Minneapolis, when, all of, when everything started, just all the riots began. Right before George Floyd's memorial, I was getting prepared to leave the Midwest, and I happened to be flying out of Minneapolis. That was the only airport that was available to where I was going. And I happened to be flying on the day of George Floyd's memorial. It was my job, per se, or my, yeah, my job, was to anchor light and frequency in Minneapolis on that special day, on the 4th of June. I did not know that that was his his memorial day. I found that out later. But when I booked the flight, I booked it for... a June 4th. And what was interesting was that I didn't know when I booked that flight, nothing. George Floyd was still alive. When I booked that flight, George Floyd was still alive. It was the only airport that had the best route. It was the only airport that didn't go through multiple other airports that had high COVID cases. It was the only airport that had a really good price. It was clear that I was supposed to be going through Minneapolis on June 4th, but at that point when I booked it, George Floyd was still alive. So then, fast forward, George Floyd is murdered, and the riots began. And the day that I'm flying out of Minneapolis was the day in which his memorial was, which, for those who have witnessed it, tell me it was a very, very powerful memorial. My job was to anchor light during that time in that region to stabilize and neutralize the frequencies of the pain and the anger and everything else that was coming up as a result of the beginning of the unfolding. So, it was interesting, and the reason I share this is because it's interesting of of the timing of, of where you are when you are, because there's specific reasons people are where they are when they are. And there was no doubt that the delay, the perceived delay that I had from mid-May to the beginning of June seemed like an inconvenience. But in fact, it wasn't. It was a very intricately designed, very, very intricately designed uh, plan. And it was twofold. It was one, to spend time with my dad, and two, to Anchor Light in Minneapolis. And... The time with my dad was really because I had to witness firsthand what I didn't know to be true yet, which was my dad full-on denies all three of his children for who they are and what they believe because he doesn't see it the way we see it. He, and he refuses to see it the way, we receive, the way we see it. And that's okay. That's his journey. That's his belief. That's his way. I don't agree with it but I honor that everyone has their own point of view, and I honor that everyone has their own journey to walk. He doesn't agree with me, and he doesn't think that what I have to say is relevant or important, right? And he full-on denied, and this happened over a dinner, he refused to witness me, he refused to listen to me, he refused to hear me, and he looked at me And he said that all three of his children were just, like basically we were one big disappointment and he couldn't understand why we were the way we were. And it was in that exact moment that my core wound had been hit and I had this overwhelming pain just come up through my body and I just, I wanted to burst into tears because I knew in that moment that he was absolutely denying denying us and denying me and shutting down my voice. He was telling me not to speak. He was telling me not to talk. He was telling me that he didn't want to hear it. But he was full-on ready to talk at me until he was blue in the face and talk at me and talk at me and talk at me. But he did not want to hear what I had to say. And it was clear because he was like, don't talk. The key piece of that moment was that I realized right then and there, there's a reason I don't talk. There's a reason I don't share. There's a reason I fear speaking up. Because when I did, I was really shut down. And only because I hold the learnings and the the knowledge that I have today that I could even muster through that moment. But imagine if I hadn't. Imagine me being a six-year-old kid coming home, bringing my new moon boots home from the, the shoe store and be like, Dad, I got these new boots. Check them out. They're so cool. Remember moon boots, for those of you who are old? Er. um, And he was like, I'm watching the Packers. Get out of here. Like, shh, don't talk. I remember my heart breaking. I was like, how can you not celebrate my new moon boots and why are the Packers more important than me right now? I mean, this is, these are my moon boots. This is a big deal. I'm little. I cried and cried and cried and cried because I knew that he just, he did not care. And of course he cares. Of course he cares. We are the only thing that matter to him. But when it comes to that, there's a little misfire, a little disconnect. And what it did was cause me a deep pain and that's fine. i move. you know, obviously we, We figure out what they are. We don't attach to them. We figure out what the pain is. We look at it. We evaluate it. And we quickly move through it. That's our job. We don't live in it. We just... It's our job to find out what lives within. So that we can bring it up to clear it. And that was one of them. But I didn't know how deep... I didn't know why I was so afraid to be heard and so afraid to speak. I thought it was just ridicule from maybe high school or, you know, whatever judgment from maybe middle school who knows like a younger kid thing but no this went much younger much deeper so I had to walk through the fire again as an adult now months ago in the beginning of June two days before I flew out of Minneapolis I had to walk through that fire to remember and it was in walking through that fire that I remembered and was able to connect the dots And get back to the pain and then clear it and then transmute it. So, I share this with you guys today because I had to do a lot of big work around exercising my voice and being heard and being witnessed and being confident in sharing what I have to say. My whole job is to share what I have to say, my whole purpose in this world is to share what I have to say because I agreed to walk the path so that I could learn it, know it, share it, and help others clear it. That's my job. That's my job. Helping others clear their density, helping others unbind from their shackles. But I can't do that if I don't speak. (laughs) I can't do that if I don't share, right? So it was a very important, a very important initiation that I had to walk through the fire. I I had to do it again. But in order for me to really connect the dots I had to stand in it to remember so sometimes right now especially with all the stuff going on we are standing in the fire and we're getting real clear on where our pain lies and what's connected to the inner the inner pain so this last month I took I took weeks I would say six full weeks and I just did a real deep dive Um, When it came to the voice stuff, I did one energy, quantum energy healing, one session, transmuted the whole thing. But in order for that session to be really potent and to be really powerful, I did a lot of prep work. And that's what made that so potent. But within one session, an hour and a half is gone. Done. Transmuted. And I've been struggling with that forever. So it was really powerful. And I want to remind you that when you do this healing work for yourself, you clear it for yourself, the seven generations behind you that came before you and the seven generations that are in front of you that are yet to come. So it's really critical that you do this work. If this is applicable to you, it's applicable to everybody. So I'm not even going to act like it's not applicable to you. Whether or not you're ready to admit it is another story. It doesn't have to be the same scenario, but there's something. We all have it. This is the whole concept of being human. The whole concept of being human is, can we master our mind? Can we master our mind and can we do it through the heart? The Heart Math Institute has a lot of research on that. And I invite you to go check that out. But the whole idea is that. So what I came up with in this last month or so of silence and real introspective work, is that I had to go beyond the known i had to really get clear on what seeds were in my garden what i really believed and how they they were intertwined i'd mentioned this on another podcast the marriage podcast specifically i realized that marriage wasn't the only hook in that that fear it was the woman's role it was inequality it was imbalance it was all these other things so that that belief wasn't a singular belief. It was an intricately webbed belief that had many other layers and aspects to it. Because of all these intricacies to our, our seeds in our garden and our beliefs within our subconscious, it's really important to not only look at the known, kind of the bigger buckets, but actually dive into what is connected at a much more minuscule In a much more minuscule way. How are these entangled and entwined? Entanglements. (laughs) Just kidding. How are they entangled and entwined? And causing other blockages? It's one thing to see the roadblock in front of you. But if you can't see the pothole behind the roadblock. Or the pothole in front of the roadblock. You're going to have a different experience. Than you are preparing for. So it was really important to sit with myself and witness what lives within, and also recognize and understand the power of being in the fire. When I had that conversation with my dad at that time, it was so important that I made my voice known in that moment. It was so important for me to share my point of view because it could not be stifled. It was so important to speak what needed to be spoken. And I could not deny it. I could not. It could not be shoved under the rug. It could not be another time. Any excuse that I could possibly come up with was no longer applicable. That was the moment. It was in that moment that I absolutely had to share my voice. And I had to stand up for what I believed in. There was no avoiding it. And it took every ounce of courage in my body. It took every ounce of courage in my body for me to muster it up, to have this depth of confrontation with a very opinionated man. And then to have it full on turned and denied on top of it, it was like, it was a double whammy. But I needed to stand in that fire To liberate my voice and I needed to stand in that fire to transmute the pain of the previous experience so that I clearly understood where it came from and why I had it so that I could go back and clear it out and then move forward and come into the truth that my voice is important that my needs are valid that I am a valid person that my opinion is important what I have to say is important and should be heard so therefore start speaking, you know? But I had to stand in that fire. And I think it's really super important to remind everyone right now that as we are feeling different levels of our own fire and our own version of my fire that I had to stand in in order to understand, as we are feeling it, it is by far a forcing function. I will tell you, if I did not have a forcing function that put me in the place of being there, COVID, I wouldn't have been there. If I did not have the forcing function of the event of George Floyd, do you think I would have spoken up? Probably not. I would have avoided it because that's the easy route. Well, that's done now. That's done now. Can't be silent anymore for multiple reasons. So I had to... I had to stand in that fire, and many of us are facing external forcing functions that are putting our feet to the fire. I mean, this can be anywhere from relationships crumbling, old beliefs disseminating, old dynamics falling away, old friendships just crumbling, going away. Everything is changing right now, and it's okay because it's designed to be that way. Feels like shit. I'm not going to lie, feels like shit when you're going through it. But there's good reason for it, and there's purpose for it, and there's, there's real intent behind it. And good intent for your highest good and for the highest good of all. So just trust that. So when, when you're in the fire, and you're experiencing the heat, I truly understood the saying, can't take the heat, get your ass out the kitchen. Now I get it. Now I get it. It's not so much the heat of the kitchen. No, no, no. It's the heat of the conversation happening in the kitchen. Because as I was standing in that kitchen, I was like, I cannot take the heat. But I had to take the heat. So I just stood in the heat. I stayed in the kitchen. And it was strong. So trust that sometimes the heat of the kitchen is needed for the transmutation of whatever needs to move out. And the evolution of yourself needs to step forward. Because all we're doing is coming into more truth. And it's sometimes through these kind of wicked paths that we get to the truth. So keep that in mind as you're standing in your fire and you're moving through and you're witnessing obstacles in front of you. Remember that sometimes those, those fires are sacred. Sacred, sacred flames transmuting old density that needed to go. And because it's painful, we avoid it. And sometimes we need the forcing function to help us get through it. So trust that it's all good. All right, love you all. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Between the Photos a quick insightful look at the real work that happens between the photos on my instagram feed it is truly my digital diary and my expression of the things that i am moving through thinking about contemplating considering learning from experiencing and these subjects these matters of the heart are things that may impact other people in this world so i created this podcast as a way of talk therapy to work them out with myself out loud and in essence helping others work it out within themselves thank you for listening if you're called to share this with someone please do because you never know how these words these transmissions will impact another human have a great day and I love you thanks for listening